Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now. And if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. segment within a segment here on this Monday. It's Statements Monday, but I'm going to start you guys with reckless speculation wrapped up in a statement. You son of a... Mackie, Mackadack, you son of a... <laughs> statement number one here. This might be the juiciest cat trade steam we have seen yet. And it's been a juicy month. Since the Wolves got eliminated, a lot of, <laughs> lot of trade machine people out there. Yeah. <laughs> it's a juicy, I'm this a juicy medium steak. well juicy cat trade steak <laughs> presented by our friends. So this is from Bleacher Report. Competing executives. I love, I love the way that some of these insiders phrase it like people close to the situation or rival executives, competing executives. Is there a difference between a competing executive and a rival executive? No. Nope. Just a different word for the same thing. Okay. Competing executives, so competing rivals. Competing executives yep. believe Carl Anthony Towns will be long gone from the Timberwolves ahead of the 2024-25 season. Okay. So in a year. Okay. Some even believe the Timberwolves would jump at an opportunity to trade him in the next few weeks. Whoa! Oh, God. Reckless speculation. Support the great Joey Lawrence. Whoa! Whoa. <laughs> All right, I'm going to continue through here because it winds up getting to a specific three-team trade proposal that I want you guys to either ixnay or accept. Okay. The Atlanta, So this is actually kind of a Houston Rockets-themed article to start with where James Harden might elect to go sign with the Rockets, which you know, he played there for almost a decade in free agency. But if he did so, at this point in his career, he's probably not just going to want to play with a bunch of 20-year-olds, which is what they are right now. So could the Rockets sign James Harden and then leverage some of their assets to get another good player and at least have some chance to compete in the Western Conference? So the Atlanta Hawks are facing, according to this article, a more immediate luxury tax problem under the new CBA. With their payroll projected to be $172 million and $16 million in luxury taxes, and even more if players hit various incentives, the Hawks are believed to be looking for a home for John Collins. But some whispers, whispers. Hold on. Hey, Hawks. Hey. Are you there, Hawks? Hey. Psst. Hey. Really quick. Dominic Wilkins. Hey. 
Are you up? Are you up? Hawks, are you yes. up? Can I come over? Be right there. Some whispers abound that the DeJounte Murray situation could be coming to an end and he could be had in the right deal. So if you guys remember, before I get to the actual trade proposal, the Timberwolves tried very hard a year ago, reportedly, to land DeJounte Murray in a trade with the Spurs. And then that wound up not happening. And then they moved on to Rudy Gobert. He's a 26-year-old combo guard, Energizer Bunny. I worry a little bit that the Spurs weren't dying to retain him, or maybe they were just being smart saying, he's a good player, but he's not like a franchise leader. So let's just get really bad and get the number one overall pick, which they did. Energizer, combo guard, good player. $18 million salary this year, but then he's a free agent. He's not going to get Towns money, but he's going to get like 30, 30 million plus, and then it, it's going to go up from there. So you have to decide you want to pay him. But here's the deal. According to Bleacher Report, Timberwolves would get DeJounte Murray and Jabari Smith Jr. from the Rockets. He's 20 years old. He was the number three overall pick last year. A skilled six foot ten, six foot eleven power forward type. Still pretty raw, but he was like a 13-7 and seven guy last year. Get him out of a bad organization, at least a, a, like a tanking organization, and put him with some good players. So you get DeJounte Murray and Jabari Smith Jr. The Rockets would get James Harden in free agency and Carl Anthony Towns in this trade. And then the Hawks would get the number four overall pick from the Rockets and like filler salary pieces. So think about like Torian Prince or whoever else you would need to fill salary to the Hawks. And the Rockets would probably send somebody to. So would you trade Carl Anthony Towns and like another piece? Maybe it's like a future draft pick. I don't know, which it's hard to do that because you can't trade a future draft you pick. Don't but have a lot of draft picks. It's not a fully formed idea as put in Bleacher Report, but would you do something like this? Towns plus something for DeJounte Murray, Jabari Smith Jr. Oh, boy. It would not be my first choice because I still would like to get draft picks back as opposed to players, um, unless the player is fantastic. Um, but it's it might be the type of trade that ends up transpiring. So, like, I wouldn't dismiss it, but um, my first choice, and I've long been on the, the record of saying this because of the Gobert trade, would be to try to get draft, pick, draft picks back in a Carl Anthony Towns trade. Not my Dex, does this do anything for you? I liked I like Dejounte Murray a lot. I liked that that idea from last year. Uh, yeah, I'm fine with this. I I would love to recoup some of the draft picks that you lost, but again, you're not you're not going to get them all back. Like that's just let's just come to the terms of that. Those draft picks are mostly gone. Maybe get one or two back, or maybe you can find your way back into the first round through some swaps or however the NBA can want to finagle it. But I I would probably do this trade. I'd be okay with this trade if it did go down. Yeah, I'm. I'm only like the draft picks don't matter to me unless unless we're talking number three overall pick and and scoops. Or or could you could you do this trade without the Hawks? Could you do a trade that involves Towns to the Rockets for the number four pick? But then you're not going to get you're not going to get scoops at that point. So, yeah, I, this is super interesting. I would explore the Portland angle first, but Portland has a big decision to make, right? Yeah, they, and what's going the, on there now? Because it sounds so you like. Saw, yeah, you saw odds that came out. You texted this to us that Miami is the because Miami's probably going to lose the finals and maybe look for another piece. Yeah, that could, could so Miami's the odds on favor to trade for Damian Lillard, but like that's 
That's something I think you have to flesh out first if you're the Wolves. Are, is Portland in play if you decide to trade Carl Anthony Towns? Because if so, that draft pick might be a franchise changer. Does Dame want out now? In fact, let's go to our uh, Trailblazer insider. There's only one on the show, Declan Goff. Is there now a feeling that Dame wants out? You I know, keep calling him Scoops, by the way. It's Scoot Henderson. Scoot. I don't know why I can oh, Scoot. I Scoot thought, Henderson. Sorry. When you first started, like, you want like trade rumors? Like, Is that what you mean by the Scoops? Um so yeah, I, I did a little insight. I did some probing over the weekend on this. And my source tells me he legitimately has no idea what's going to go down on draft night. And he has no idea. And he <laughs> Sounds like you might need a new source. Can you imagine if Schefter, Adam, what's going on there? I, my sources no, tell me they have, no they have no idea. He's on it right, oh, no, he's on it right now. It's Graziano. Uh, but um, yeah, I, he has no idea what's probably going to go down. He doesn't believe the fit with Towns and Dame works. He, does, he doesn't see that working really, really well. So I, I don't think Portland's in play is where I'm probably going to go here. I think it's someone else. I think it's the Knicks. I think it's the Hawks. It's one of these weirder ones we've thrown out there. doesn't sound uh, like there's a potential fit there with Portland. I will say their new GM, I believe, who's only been on the job recently there, uh, is much more open to more logical thinking. That's been, a, that's been a breath of fresh air inside that organization. Well, I if you're so apparently there's some reports that Damian Lillard is like recruiting free agents right now. I think he wants to make it work in Portland. Yeah, that's yeah. right. And CJ CJ McCollum, his former running mate, was on ESPN last week. I saw a segment where they asked him about like where could Dame get traded, and he said, "I get what we're doing here. It's a TV segment. I just want you to know this is very delicate, and I can tell you that he wants to stay in Portland. Yeah, yeah. but for the purposes of this exercise, Miami could make sense, right?" But if you're Portland, I just don't know how you can build enough around him in the next two years to actually go through the Western Conference. So they have a huge decision to make. But mm-hmm. there's a lot of options for the Wolves. The Rockets are an option. The Hawks and a three-team trade are an option. Portland remains an option. So we'll see. Odds Very right now in your mind, Phil, odds on Cat being moved before training camp. Holy cow. Like percentage? Yeah. I will say, and this is not, this is just educated speculation. I would say, like, I would say half educated speculation. 50% on the nuts. I I legitimately think it's that high. I think it's a coin flip. I, if gun to the head, I would say 51%. I think it's more likely than not. Okay. Interesting. Because I know a lot of, a lot of people are saying, and like people close, to, like Johnny K who covers the, there hasn't been a lot of local steam on this yet. And I don't expect there to be yet, but you have to move one of these salaries before next a year and a half from now when the 2024-25 season kicks in because of the way that the salary cap structure is changing. You have to get rid of one of these or get cheaper on one of them. If you wait till next summer, every team knows you're desperate to do that. And they will be So you'll too, have right? less leverage. And teams, and, and, yeah, teams and can't be afford harder. it then probably. Yep, absolutely. Because of their predicaments. Interesting. Because because right now Towns is a thirty six million dollar trade chip. Next year he's a fifty million dollar trade chip. So it's it's yeah. just easier and probably better leverage wise to do it now. But are they there yet as an organization after the big splash from last season? So oh, we'll see. It's tough. Mm-hmm. All right, my statement is this: It's a Minnesota sports mystery, and I don't mean the Twins eighteen game playoff losing streak, which of course is in. In and of itself. I mean this. So last night at the Lynx game, and by the way, they won a game against the Sparks. Sylvia Fowles, post-game, her jersey became the fourth since Whalen in 2019 to be retired 
from what was a dynasty team. Waylon, Rebecca Brunson, Simone Augustus, and now Fowles. Okay? So four players. And I saw the picture of the ceremony post game, and there's Glenn standing there, Glenn Taylor, owner of the Lynx and Wolves, beaming, ear-to-ear grin. And I thought to myself, here is the mystery. And I understand the WNBA is different, okay? But still, the same man who owns a team that justifiably has now retired four jerseys, that's won multiple championships, yeah. that that is about as smartly run. I mean, they are they are tanking in brilliant fashion by stripping the team down because they know that the top end of the draft next, I think it's April, is incredibly strong, okay? How on God's green earth does that man own a Timberwolves team that has no championships, that has so many failed seasons, it's beyond belief, and that has one jersey in the rafters, and tragically that is the number two that was worn by Malik Seeley, who I think in 2000 was killed in a car accident. Yeah. Uh, Garnett's jersey's not not up. But beyond that, forget that for one second. This franchise has been around since 1989-90, okay? Garnett's jersey is just part of this discussion. They have nobody else other than a tragedy. There has never been a justification and Garnett's falling out to put another jersey in the rafters. There is a Western Conference final run one year, and that was it. Think about this. Glenn Taylor, who is selling both teams, owns both teams. And one has been really pretty, for the most part, brilliantly run, and had Maya Moore, a superstar player. And the Wolves don't have anybody who really, truly deserved because of play to have their jersey retired. It's uh, I don't mean to sound callous. You mentioned Malik Seeley. The other tribute that they have, so they've got the Western Conference finals, They've got Sealy, and then they've got the flip tribute. Yeah. So they literally have a Western Conference Files banner and then two tributes to dead people. Yes. That's what hangs, and I and I don't mean to sound callous, but like that is what's hanging on the Timberwolf side of Target Center. Yes. Now, Garnett should be, but because there's a rift between him and Glenn Taylor, and I, now A-Rod has done some work to try and... So A-Rod has met with Kevin Garnett. KG was tweeting about the Wolves in the playoffs. Feels like we're on the right path. And if this thing keeps going, Glenn will no longer be majority owner in what March of 2024. So we'll see. It's remarkable. I don't. Who's next? So, so they're going to get KG in there. Yep. Are there any other besides like Anthony Edwards on the current team? If no. he keeps playing well, no. Would you retire Carl Anthony Towns' number? No. You can't, right? You it, give me a. You give me outside Kevin Love. <laughs> no, outside of KG, no one. That's my point. Nobody else even comes close to really deserving Al Jefferson. it. Jefferson, yeah. Well, except yeah, except for Al Jefferson. That's a, that's a no brainer too. Step Ricky Marbury? Rubio, who who would be Wally? He was here for like two years. No, right? nobody is. No. Okay, so you close. have to retire. So KG, and you have to retire two more jerseys. Which do you choose? Oh, oh my God. God, this is a great jinx. This is a great <laughs> question. I'm looking. There's the list. I'm looking for the your guys' top 100 list. So, so this was uh, this was a listener, Andrew L. sent in yep. a top 100 Timberwolves list. I'm going to do my own at some point this summer. Okay. So number but one he did it, and we did it on Flagrant. Why don't you stop week. at 25? Number one is KG. Two is Jimmy Butler. Three is Kevin Love. I'm not retiring K Love. No, not even close. Cats How about four. Jimmy? Let's put let's put Jimmy Butler's practice Just jersey, the, practice the one that he jersey. ran with the third team. Let's yep. put that up in the raft. Okay, who's five? Anthony Edwards is five. Okay, and then six through ten are Wally, Sam Cassell, 
Gugliata, Big Al, Sprewell. How about Cassell? Let's put Cassell's jersey up there. With the big, like maybe it's a silhouette of him doing the big balls dance. Can we do that? Instead of a jersey, it's just a silhouette of Cassell doing the big balls dance. People loved Ricky Rubio, but I, you can't retire Ricky Rubio's no, jersey. Not even. He's no, not you even can't retire. You can't retire any of these. Any of these. But my, I'm saying. I know. I'm saying. I'm forcing you to retire yeah. two other Timberwolves jerseys. Tony Campbell, the first star scorer. Okay. I'll, 19, I, I believe. I'll retire his top cat. I'll retire his jersey. I will go Sam. That's, that's logical. I'll go Sam Mitchell. I guess for long. I'll go Sam Mitchell. <laughs> and I. Just because he's long, long jersey. Let's see here. Who else do I want? Mark I'm Matson. I'm retiring Mark Matson because he helped him tank. <laughs> and AK 47. Andre Karolinko, even though he's oh, yes. here for like well, 65 games. I'll pass. Games. I'll pass. That, huh? I'm going to retire Mike Miller just because. Yeah. He came in here and said, screw all of you. I don't want to play here, and I'm not going to shoot three. It's a great list, <laughs> I though. respect it. He was from Mitchell, South Dakota, and he still hated us. Apparently. I don't know what happened there. It's a great list. All right, I think we're over to Declan here. All right, I, I'm going to give you a, a weekend observation. So I was in a wedding over the weekend, and my statement is efficiency matters. So this, I think, was only the third wedding I have been in as a, as a groomsman. It may have only been the second one I've been in as a groomsman. Now, obviously, I have mine coming up in, in a year from now that I'm in. Uh, but everything of this day was planned so appropriately and effectively. And there was no crazy hijinks. There was no weird things that had to happen. It all flowed very nicely. It was very organized. And as someone who, because when you're a groomsman, you know, you're sitting there. You're sitting there for a long time waiting for the day. The bridesmaids are yep. always getting ready and stuff. Yep. All the pictures were smooth. We, had, we didn't get drenched in rain. We got right inside before that torrential downpour happened like at 3 o'clock on Saturday on Saint, in St. Anthony. Uh, so efficiency matters because like that wedding stuff can really be a pain in the butt, especially like when you bring your significant other and then they're also waiting around on, after the ceremony and stuff. None of that happened. Efficiency mattered. Shout out to Walt and Megan for that. I, uh, I think most people screw up or overthink wedding day. Yeah. And you don't want it to drag out over like ten hours or whatever. You know, I, I have a few rules of what I prefer at weddings. Let's not do let's not do like late, late ceremonies here. Let's let's condense everything into a period of time. And if people yeah. want to leave at like night if it's over at nine and people want to continue the party, awesome. That happens. But the waiting the waiting around thing can be a and then there's always like a two hour gap. If you're not in the wedding party, there's like a yes. two hour gap. Do you go to a bar? Oh yeah. Is there an is there an open yeah. bar? Are you driving? Like, there's right. a lot of go drink, a lot, a lot of things, and like the pictures and stuff. Do we really need to take two hours of pictures? No, no. Let's just Absolutely snap a couple not. photos. I think with yeah, the, uh, those, they're gonna those photos are gonna live in boxes for years, exactly. or just be what like I've tucked away on a, on a on a cloud somewhere. Yep, exactly right. You know. Yeah, I think all the all the group photos and the groomsmen and the yeah, wedding party photos. I think all that took legitimately thirty minutes tops. Oh, wow. I think we were Perfect. we were extremely effective. Now again, we were sitting around a lot, but like there was none. Once the ceremony happened, because I hate that too. Like the ceremony happens and the wedding party like will disappear for an hour and a half while the cocktail hour is going on. It just makes no sense. Everything just took place right there and right there. It worked out. Efficiency matters at weddings. Big That's fans. very good. I'm, I'm with efficiency. Quick question, Dex. Mm-hmm. Now I, I've been with Don for since I, I was nineteen, so I have I don't know this, but I have a question because this is this was y- your life and it's not now. When you're in a wedding now and you've got the gal mm-hmm. engaged, happy, 
Is it less fun than when you weren't engaged or dating and could eye up the single bridesmaids? Uh, Boy, that's a... That is a that's a, lo- that's a loaded, loaded question for Declan well, but here. It's I a perfect it. question because he's been in both. I've been. You're in- asking, was it more fun at weddings before you met the love of your life? Well, that's but the for question a wedding in particular, because they are different. I'm not saying day to day. Judd's basically saying weddings are the ultimate pickup place, I think, is what he's trying to say are, here. Right? Um, they, I have no experience in that actually regard of picking up chicks at a wedding. That's never happened. But he's only other, he's only been in one other. Yeah, wedding I've only been too. in like You're one saying? or two other weddings, so I don't okay. have much experience in that. But all no, right. I, I it was great, and luckily she knows all. I, I have a I have a weird bazaar of a, a ton of high school friends. We talked about high school stuff. I think on a, on an episode of Purple Daily a few weeks ago. I had about fifteen friends from high school that were at this wedding, and she knows now majority of them being with me for a couple years now. Nice. So, no, it, it worked out really well. She got sat at a table by all my high school friends, so she got to learn information about high school Declan that she probably hadn't heard before. Oh, she'll use so, that against you. You're screwed yes, on that. Yeah, so she'll it worked out really well. definitely come back and use that oh against you. Oh, my God. What, what, what's, what, was there any damning stories about high school Declan? There wasn't damning ones. Uh, they, they did figure out that I – sometimes I would work the door in high school for um, a, a, a party. Or your bouncer? I – what do you I mean can work the door in high school at a party. Right. I don't care. I'm going to say this. Uh, so every senior class. <laughs> oh my god! Every senior class at my high school. I don't know if the tradi- tradition still lives on. Every senior class at my high school did this thing called the studio. The first person in the senior class to turn 18 would go sign a lease for a studio apartment in the metro area for us to party in. In a White House, like the Cowboys. And some last, like, junior year, that senior studio lasted, like, the whole school year. Who's on the hook for the payment? uh, We charge charge people at the door for parties. We charge them for a cup. We charge them to, to get in the door, five bucks. And we make we make the rent happen. Yes, it happens. It's 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 no. We've been a small studio apartment that's like five hundred square feet, and it's a fire hazard situation. Was what it is. But uh, ours lasted a month before it got shut down by. Who shut it down? The landlord. The landlord shut it down. Figured out there was a bunch of eighteen-year-olds in the hallways and. Dude, could you imagine living living in this apartment complex? Yeah, and and there's like seventeen-year-old. So when you say you were a doorman, you would just be standing outside, what, in sunglasses? No, I would just. Was there like a code? Did people have to? Yeah, because there was. Yeah, there was. You know, it was hard to get in, so I would stand by the door and I'd charge people the five bucks. Yeah. Is this out? Okay, I'm going to keep asking questions. Yeah. Yeah, Would you great. stand outside the apartment complex door or outside the hallway? Typically, of the, the unit? typically the uh, typically the complex door because there was a side door that we that we typically used. Yeah. So there might be people coming in with their groceries or something. No, I could. I mean, I know, there? I know who it. You know, like it was the friend group. I could, yeah, you so could who, tell who, who was a teenager the, and who's an adult. Like it was pretty clear. Where, where was the line drawn then? Like who, who didn't get an? I never. I, I don't really think I never like turned anyone down. I wasn't that. I wasn't a very serious bouncer. So like a geek show up. Like geeks or would people? Yeah, you didn't a like whole, show up? whole collection of people would would show up. Yes. Oh my god! That's, yeah. 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 Would I heard there's a party here. Show up. Yeah. I heard there's a party here. Let, let me in the party. Let me in. Here's your five bucks. But yeah. Wow. Yeah. So she got to learn about high school Declan in that regard and figured out that my te- they wanted everyone to remind them that my teeth are fake. These front four, which she knew. She knew my front four. That's, not, that's not that great a thing. Yeah, that's what I said, too. I said, the party house is awesome. Yeah, there's photos of you like before yeah. you got the teeth. Yeah, so it, it exists. So. I've gained respect yeah, for you from Thank the you. party house. Thank you. you by the way, you and Chad Greenway both cleaned up your... Your front teeth game. So Chad Greenway played one year with the Vikings, tore his ACL, but 
you know, cashed the signing bonus of a first round pick, came back the next year with great teeth. I don't know, twenty thousand uh, dollar choppers. Yeah, nice choppers. teeth. I think Aaron Judge did the same thing to you because when he first came up, those teeth weren't uh, as pearly and straight as they are now. As the <laughs> as the boy of New York. This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad? Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom, and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. Okay, since we're telling embarrassing stories here, all right, my next statement is uh, I had an embarrassing situation at a golf establishment that shall remain nameless here. Hopefully we bring them on board after I come back and you know work with them again. But um, so long story short, about three years ago during the pandemic, I decided, hey, I shoot like 93, 95. I break 90 once in a while. That's been my golf game for like 15 years. I'd love to get better. I want to get some more leg in my swing, get some more distance, right? Just like have a swing that's a little bit more honed. And so I started watching YouTube videos and I started trying to fix my swing myself watching YouTube videos. And I gravitated enough away from my old swing to where I'm building this new swing, but I never like played enough to get used to the new swing. So what's been happening the last three years I've just been like stuck between two swings and sometimes I'm great. Sometimes I'm shanking everything. It's just like wildly inconsistent. There's some days on the range where you look and say, Oh wow, Mackie can really hit a golf ball. And then there's other days like uh, last Thursday, my brother-in-law got me a gift card to get a club fitting at a local establishment. So I'm going to go and like get my clubs customized fit length, everything, Yep. Knock some strokes off my game, but they have to. You have to go in there for like two or three hours to do your whole bag, and they have to get a, a certain level of like consistency with your shot and yep. your your swing plane and stuff. And so, again, I haven't played a full round of golf in probably two years. Got to get to the Meadows at some point. I go in there. I'm a little nervous, and I told him, "Hey, listen, it's been a while since I've like played consistently. So let me let's do a few warm up swings." He's oh, he was super cool about it super cool about it for the first like 15 minutes and I would hit one kind of down the middle and then I'd shank two and then I'd hit one down down the middle and then I'd like shank two more (laughs) and then I start getting a little uneasy like oh man am I wasting your time here he's he was super cool 10 more minutes now we get like 30 I'm more like 30 or 40 minutes into this thing and I am just like mortified I don't know am I supposed to continue forward I can't hit a golf ball and he stops me and he goes hey man you know (laughs) You know what some guys will do is um, they'll just go, like, go get a lesson or maybe a couple lessons, and then once you kind of find, like, a consistency with hitting a golf ball, then maybe you can, like, come back, and it'll just probably be a better exercise if you, you know, do what some other people do. And I'm like, are you telling me to stop doing the club fitting and go get lessons? He goes, yeah. (laughs) Wow. I've been golfing for about 20 years. And it's as bad as I've ever hit golf balls at this club fitting. I was mortified. There's other people in there, too, and I'm just yeah. like, oh. Uh, that's pretty brutal. I mean, 
I when I did mine two years ago and like I still have and I'm still not great. My irons are terrible. I can't hit an iron to save my life. I can't elevate the ball still. I need I'm with you. We should go get dual lessons probably. Um and you can also then watch me also probably in the same boat that you were in at that at that fitting. Um but when I did I got a driver fitting this spring, I got a brand new driver. And doing just a driver fitting is actually exhausting because you're basically swinging a sledgehammer for like 35, 40 minutes. Like it's it's tiring. It's 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 more tiring than just doing your irons. So at least those are lighter clubs. But he offered me, dude. He offered me a Gatorade 15 minutes in because oh I was like sweating and nervous. Uh, <laughs> but the but the driver fit like similar experience. The the fitter was like, you know, Declan really questioning like how good I am at this job right here. Like, you know, you're, you're, we got to get that ball speed up. We got to get, we got to get the angle up. And I was like, dude, I'm, you're not questioning anything here. You're like, I'm not good at this. I just like, let's find a middle ground here. We'll get a good driver. And what, you know, we figured it out. But, but the fact he was like, man, you're really questioning it. Like if I'm in the right career. It's like, no, you're in the right career. You're working with the wrong guy. Like it, it's, it's all good, pal. I'm, I'll, we'll, we'll figure this out. Well, And then sometimes what happens is like, like this guy was super, he was super nice, but he he starts then get, trying to give me some tips to like he goes, he goes, hey man, like let me see your warm up swing again. Okay, I'm gonna take the ball away. Give me a couple warm up swings. I'm gonna put the ball back. I want your actual swing to be exactly the same as your warm up swing. I'm like, it's not. He's like, no, it's not even close. Oh my god, <laughs> how old was this guy? Like your age? Older? Uh, he's probably like I don't know. I'm 38. He's probably. 29 30 years old okay. something like that but he had i think sometimes with golf instructors too and he's an instructor but his job wasn't to instruct me i wasn't yep. there for lessons i was there to like use the track man and get a club fish <laughs> and i think what and so he was kind of exasperated that like why am i giving you lessons dude if you're not good enough for a club fitting why are you in here but um what happens sometimes is golf instructors they don't like they know what to do. They're like, you know, you want to make sure like that your hands are in this position when you take the club back and yours are kind of in this position. So if you can just put them in this position instead. And I'm like, yeah, but I how, <laughs> you know, just do it, man. Just he was David it. Popkins. So, dude, just, yeah, just hit a bomb, just hit man. the ball, just, Carlos. Just hit the, damn just hit ball. To the gap. Hit to the gap. Let's Come go. On. So it wound up being we both agreed oh my God. cordially. Maybe you should go brush up on your game a little bit before you come in here and waste everyone's time. Damn, dude. A club fit. Where does that rank among, <laughs> d- does that get into the top five of the most embarrassing things you've experienced? No. Okay. <laughs> like ever? No. Yeah. I don't think so. Dude, I almost, <laughs> I almost crapped myself in downtown Chicago 10 yeah. years ago yeah, after but you Francisco Liriano's perfect game. Yeah, but you made or it. Or not perfect game. Right. Imperfect no hitter, But you I did. say. Like, it would be different if you I, had in, in the cab, but you didn't, like, at least go through with the whole I, thing. Uh, I left. I went out. We covered. I was out there covering the Twins beat for 1590 ESPN. And uh, after the game was over, and Liriano walked the, the entire lineup, but threw a yeah, no-hitter. Yeah. And then got DFA'd or traded or something later that year, if I remember right. And so me, Lavelle, Rhett Bollinger, whoever the beat writers were at the time, Went to Mother Hubbard's Sports Bar. We would just, I can't remember, because yeah, we, were, we were at uh, Comiskey, so we probably took a took a cab or something. It's like midnight. And we were there until about 2 o'clock in the morning, and I had beer, I had wings, I had a patty melt, I had tater tots, like <laughs> the most explosive things you could put into oh your already God. questionable stomach. Yeah, And I knew, this is in the early days of GPS, where you could pull up the map on your phone, but if there was a bunch of people with cell phones in the area, it would sometimes not 
So I knew that I was four blocks away from my hotel, and the bar closes. And a lot of those bars are just closing at 2 o'clock. Some stay up until 4, but on this particular street, they were all closed. So it's it's 2 o'clock. We're getting kicked out. And I walk two blocks in the direction I think the hotel is in, and my stomach drops. Just Yeah, it's bad. Bad feeling when that happens. And I'm like, oh, God, I am on a timer right now. This is bad. So I pull up. I I better just map it to make sure. I I don't know if I'm going in the right direction. And my map starts scrambling. It, like, can't find where I am. I was trying to find the Swiss hotel, which if it gives you an area of where that is. And I don't know if I'm going in the right direction. So I'm just like, I'm just lost and my GPS won't work. And my stomach is counting down from probably, I probably have two minutes. I'm like, oh my God. I'm now thinking, are there any alleyways? Are there any like potted plants by tree? Like what's the worst case scenario? Yep. And I'm panicking and I see a cab and I go up to the cab. The cab was off. It's the only cab I saw. Turn, car turned off. He's sleeping. He's like taking a nap in yep. his driver's side seat. I yep. tap on the passenger side window in a panic. And he opens the window. It doesn't say anything. He just opens the window and looks at me. And I said, can you get me to the Swiss hotel? And he unlocks the door and I get in. I sat in the front seat, by the way. I was so like, I <laughs> yeah, get out. Yeah. He literally drives a block and a half forward, stops. And I look and we're at the Swiss hotel. So I was walking in the right direction. But he was like, what's this idiot doing? I gave him a $20 bill because I felt terrible. That's a fair transaction. And have you ever seen like the Tom, was it the Tom Cruise where he slides in like in the socks and the, risky the movies? Business. Yeah, risky business. Yeah. yeah. He slides into the frame. That was me sliding into the, I was on the 28th floor, by the way, if I remember correctly. Oh, no, you've got, oh, you didn't go lobby? elevator ride of my life. You, I didn't know, I didn't know where the lobby bathroom was or if it was open. And I didn't want to waste precious time looking oh, for it, or I would have been screwed. I love the lobby in the bathrooms. lobby, I would have been screwed. Nice lot. Oh boy! Woo! It was like right. I don't want to explain any further, but it couldn't I have been idea. any closer of a buzzer beater. I get the idea. Buzzer beater. It, like the NBA officials yeah. would have reviewed this for a yeah. half hour to see were did you, he get the trousers were, off in time? Were you paying attention with eight seconds left? That's my question. Yep. Yep. Because <laughs> if you weren't, was he looking at the, the strike? <laughs> So no, uh, it was that was right. not one of the five most embarrassing moments of my life. But that would be fun to count those down for us at some point. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Anyhow, all right, I think that's the end of statements Monday <laughs> here. On that note, I'm all good. <laughs> we'll see you guys tomorrow on Minnesota Sports with Mackie and Judd.